What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does a day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. You guys, my book is out. I mean, it is out in the world. I cannot believe it. I have been writing it for several years and it's just mind-blowing. Birth Story, Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal is a -a one-of-a-kind discovery into your pregnancy that provides you education through storytelling. So what's it really about? In the 16 years that I have served women with every personality type, I noticed there was a huge disconnect between what my clients were craving for childbirth education in a book and the books that were actually available on the market. There seemed to be unlimited resources if you are looking for an unmedicated birth or a natural birth or a home birth. But there just weren't a lot of resources for my clients who were part of the 92% of women birthing in a hospital and very much open to medical interventions like an epidural, nitrous oxide, and opioid medications. So I wrote that book to fill the gap for you. Week by week throughout your pregnancy, you will engage with material meant to educate and empower you as you plan for your own birth story, hospital, medicated, unmedicated, or something in between. You are welcomed each week with a postcard from the womb, which is an adorable note from your baby about their miraculous development, as well as the amazing changes occurring within you. Then you are invited to use an uplifting birth affirmation and to respond to an introspective journaling prompt to document your feelings, curiosities, and wonders every single week. With room to memorialize your own birth story, this book will become a memory keeper and a legacy gift for your baby. You are encouraged to read one of my favorite birth stories each week filled with childbirth education, tidbits, and explanations of important medical terms and procedures. These are real-life accounts shared with permission from the births that I've attended during my career as a doula, and I gave you a great mix. In the 42-week guide to your pregnancy and 42 birth stories, seven of them end in cesarean section. About half are unmedicated and the other half are medicated deliveries. This is a judgment-free book. So take what you need from each element and leave the rest. Okay, are you ready to buy? I would love for you to go to birthstory.com and buy it directly from me. But I totally get it if you're an Amazon girl. You can head to amazon.com and just type in birthstorypregnancy 
and the book should pop up. I'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. And I would venture to say that you might be an audiobook kind of woman because you're listening to a podcast. So if you would prefer to listen to this book, then I have recorded it and it is available for download at audible.com or on your Audible app. Thank you for being part of the birth story community. I'm so excited for you to have this book in your hand once you've purchased it and it has arrived. I hope that you will give me your thoughts and feedback and don't forget to take a selfie with your book and post it on Instagram and tag at birth story podcast. Episode 10. All right, by now, everyone should know that I have my first book coming out this summer. And the cover of the book is the story that you're going to hear today. When I did a focus group about the book, everyone in the focus group said, who's that girl? What's her story? We want to hear her birth story. So sit back and relax. And I hope that you enjoy meeting Amy, one of my very best friends, And she delivered her third child by VBAC vaginal birth after cesarean section in the car. You're not going to believe it, but I hope you learn a lot and that you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, it's Heidi with the Birth Story Podcast. And today I have my best friend, Amy, in the studio. And I'm really excited about this because she is the cover of my book. She graces the cover of the book and has been the inspiration for Birth Story. And when I held a focus group, when I was finalizing the book, everybody was like, who is this beautiful woman? Like, we want to know everything about her. Like, tell us about her. And so um, her story is going to be featured in the book as the foreword. But I wanted everyone that's listening to get a sneak peek at Amy's story. So welcome, Amy. Hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So where do you live? What's your family like? Currently living in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, married and have three kids and have a photographer, um, also a full-time mom. Tell everybody about your photography business because I want to rave. If anyone's been to my website, mydoulaheidi.com, or hers is bluegrassbaby.com, B-E-B-E, then you will see some incredible work. So how did you get into photography? It's something that's always been a passion, interest of mine. Um, I did it pretty seriously through my senior year of high school, like with journalism, um, went on to study photography at Florida State. That was my, I had a bachelor of science in studio art. Um, but once I left college, I was so afraid to make my passion a job and then lose my drive for it and lose that spark of creativity. So went and did a, a various other jobs um, from title insurance to corporate communications and transportation. Um, And then the camera made its way back into my hands as I started taking pictures of my own kids. People said, oh, are you a photographer? And I always just said, I used to be. No, I used to be. But, you know, I can take pictures of your kids if you want me to. Totally downplayed it. Oh, why do we do that? I don't know. As women. (laughs) I'm like, it's like we make ourselves less than what we are. Totally. So one day you just jumped right back in. Well, I mean, honestly, it was the encouragement of my husband. And he said, why don't you just give it a shot? You've always wanted to do this. It's always, you know, something that you're good at. And um, so I bought a domain and I 
sitting on our back porch came up with the name of the business and I actually had to Google it because I wanted to make sure in Kentucky horse racing is obviously, you know, a big part of our lives and wanted to make sure it wasn't the name of a horse. Yeah. Um, and when nothing came up, I was like, okay, Score. there it is. <laughs> it's Yay. fine. Well, for everyone listening, if anyone is in or around Louisville, Kentucky, Amy is an incredible photographer for both maternity shoots and just family lifestyle. So if you go to her website at bluegrassbaby, right, B-E-B-E dot com, or what's your Instagram? What's your handle? It's bluegrassbaby. Okay. Yep. Same. So yeah. awesome. So yeah. I love how you say baby and I'm like baby. <laughs> so that's North Carolina for uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, Amy's here to tell us about delivering her baby in a car. You guys are not going to believe this story. Her third baby. So first of all, let's start with his name. Let's start with, tell us about your third's name. His name is Thomas Rhodes Barber. Um, Rhodes was a name that Sophie actually, my oldest, came home with from summer camp. There was a kid named Rhodes. She thought it was cool. She threw it in the mix for us. Well, when he was born basically on the side of the road. We thought, well, that's pretty fitting. So perfect. (laughs) So, all right. So now that everyone knows you've delivered your baby on the side of the road, it's an incredible story and we're going to get there, but let's back up to like, this is your third baby. So how did you get to the point of delivering a third baby on the road? Who was a VBAC? So (laughs) let's go through the births of your first two just really quickly. Yeah. Sophie was the first. Um, She's nine now. We did like the basic birth class parent education. Um, I didn't really read a ton of books or study super hard. I just thought you walked into the hospital and had a baby. So that's what we did. Um, I had to be induced because she went over by, I think, eight days past my due date. Okay. And I was terrified. Um, I remember sitting down on the hospital bed and my water broke. So I thought, okay. Were you in labor or you would no. just had showed up for your induction? Just showed up for an induction, seven o'clock in the morning, sat down on my water broke and I thought, okay, this is, this. okay, we're good. This is happening. Yeah. For anyone who's listening, Amy's not going to tell the story right now where she went home. But if anybody is, shows up at the hospital for an induction and your water breaks, kindly ask to go home for a few hours. <laughs> see? see, I didn't know that. And see if labor starts. That's what, this is an educational uh, podcast. Right. But, um, because that means, you know, labor there's you know maybe sometimes you don't need to be induced at that point so I'll just right. interject so if your water breaks you you could have maybe gone home but they didn't give you that option they didn't give me the that hospital. option I didn't even know it was an option it, you know it probably from a hospital perspective it's probably not an option but from a doula perspective sure I would have said go home yeah. you know should have so, had a doula yeah so you were sitting there on the hospital bed mm-hmm. and your water breaks yeah what did that feel like uh, just a little bit of a pop, like nothing uncomfortable. Cold water, warm, warm, water, warm. And just kind of okay. think, wait, hold on. Did I pee myself? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything feels a little bit different. Yeah. So quickly moved into a pitocin drip. Did you start contractions at all after your water broke? No, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you. They it were wasn't like, until oh. yeah. It wasn't until they had me hooked up to pitocin. Okay. I don't even remember ever leaving the room after that to like walk or anything. Okay. So they got the IV going. They put Pitocin mm-hmm. in. Do you remember? And then you started feeling contractions. Started feeling contractions. Got to the point where I remember being on the ball. Like we have pictures of me on the 
birthing ball and I just said, I can't, can't do it anymore. Yeah. I can't do this on my own anymore. I need do you remember epidural. how far along you were? I know this was a long time ago. Sophie's nine, ago. but yeah. do you happen um, to remember how far I progressed? I want to like, I don't know how far dilated I was or anything like that, but it, we were only a few hours in, like it was still morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so was I girl. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Two centimeters dilated. Right. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a doula. Right. So it's intense. Um, yeah, it is. Okay, so you're sitting on the ball. You're like, okay, I'm done. That was good. Right. And I'm ready for the epidural. Mm-hmm. So they put the epidural in. Did that go well? It go- went really well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And again, I didn't even know it was something where like there was a risk of it going wrong. Yeah. Or like, but that's okay because everything went right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So, so you had a perfect ignorance epidural. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So yeah. you had a perfect epidural. Mm-hmm. It went in. You got numb in all the right places. But now you're confined to the bed. So Almost. Okay. I do remember that I got up at one point because oh. I started kind of feeling, I felt like I had to go to the bathroom. Okay. So I got up and, and they let me, but with assistance, obviously. Yeah. Um. I don't really know how that was possible, but I know it happened and mm. went to the bathroom. Sometimes you can feel your legs and move your legs. Yeah. So. Maybe it was like really close to after when I got the epidural. And when you say go to the bathroom, you mean pee or you had to poop? I had to poop. Okay. Did you actually have to poop? Yes. Oh, okay. And I did. So, okay. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes when you get towards transition or the end of labor, you know, women will feel the urge to poop, but that is actually the baby coming out. But this was like, no, I just really have to poop. Right. So, and the one thing that I didn't want, I did not want to lose that one shred of dignity that I had left. Yeah. Okay. So I do remember that, um, Brian was hungry. His parents were there. So they ran like across the street to get subway. And the doctor came in and said, well, you know, you're 10 centimeters like let's start pushing even though I didn't have the urge okay. and I was like can we please wait at least until my husband gets here because I'm thinking I'm gonna push three times baby's gonna pop out right yeah, <laughs> yeah. not the case yeah yeah so he comes back with his subway and I'm like can you kindly put that down because I can't eat <laughs> yeah um so we started pushing and pushing and pushing I was exhausted yeah like three and a half hours so let me pause right here for anyone who's listening and you have an epidural or you are induced just because you're 10 centimeters dilated does not mean that you have to start pushing your baby out. There is something called laboring down, mm-hmm. which lets the contractions push your baby down rather than you exerting all this effort and pushing the baby down. Right. Um, most of the time. I don't know the statistics, doesn't matter, but most of the time you will still feel the urge or the pressure in your rectum when the baby's really far descended. And so I just want people to hear this story and know like if there's something that we could teach someone about your birth is that if you're laying in a hospital bed with an epidural and you're 10 centimeters dilated, but you don't feel pressure and you don't feel the urge to push, then don't feel pressured into pushing. Your body will guide you and will lead you. So turn over on your left side or your right side, put the peanut ball between your legs and let that baby labor down and kind of let the contractions do the work. So I just want to pick up right now because this was nine years ago, you know, and um, unfortunately we don't have doulas or bedside nurses at the hospitals to kind of help us with these things. So if the position of the baby Sophie was high because you weren't having the urge to push and you started pushing. So that's why... It's how many did you say three and a half hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So three and a half hours, yeah. which 
high five. No, let's just high five. <laughs> there you go. Three. That's a long time. That is a long time <laughs> to, to push. It is. And yeah. after the fact, the nurses told me that they had all of the paperwork ready for me to sign to go into the OR and have a C-section. Okay. At that point, they didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but Sophie had had the the little monitor that they just screw into the yeah so it's called an internal fetal scalpel monitor Mm -hmm. and it just is like in a little an electrode so my ob um said well we'll just take this off and maybe that millimeter will give you what you need to get this baby out and and she came oh incredible yeah okay incredible now I remember the story from the friend perspective that mm-hmm. she was in um, an, an inconvenient position. Very inconvenient. <laughs> yes. And probably so, where a lot of that pain came from. Yeah. So did she deliver sunny side up? She did. Yeah. So for, She looked like she had been in a total knockout battle. Bruised. Yes. Beaten. Swollen. Yeah. Poor little thing. So if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know an ideal birthing position for a baby, it would be head down and face down so that the baby's face is um, looking towards like your rear end. But in um, Sophie's case, she was turned the other direction. So she Mm -hmm. came out like looking up at your belly button or looking up at the ceiling. That can cause a lot of back labor and a lot of back pain, which I think is why you got the epidural so early too, because she was in a... um, And I had no idea. Yeah. So it's not really a bad position. It's just... um, it's just a difficult laboring position. Right. So, but she came three and a half hours of pushing mm-hmm. and there she was. Yay. And what was that moment like when you became a mom? Oh my gosh. It was so exhilarating, but terrifying too. Like I didn't grow up around kids. How am I going to do this? Like, do I hold her? Do I lay her down? Like, what if she cries? <laughs> Somebody help me feed this baby. And neither of you had family here. Right. To help. Right. Well, you know, Brian's parents had come in for the birth. And then right after that, my parents came up. Um, but yeah, we, we only had a few friends here. Not many of them had children. So this was uncharted territory. Uncharted like territory. Being a mom. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, I will say for everyone that's listening, not only is Amy one of the most amazing photographers that you will ever come across and her Instagram is beautiful. So visit it. But I have learned everything about, I'm going to cry, about being a mom from this woman. So you you went first in our group, my group of friends or our circle of friends. But man, I mean, you guys, I know things like about making homemade granola, about chia seeds, (laughs) I mean, nursing, I mean, things that I would have never essential oils, things I would have just never um, come across if we weren't friends. So Mm. you're an incredible mom. Well, thank you. So you get pregnant again. How many years later? They're 23 months apart. Okay. So. And no fertility issues at all. Like. No. You know, with Sophie, we tried for like nine months. Okay. And then with Tucker, I think it was maybe three Okay, but in that nine-month journey, you never saw a fertility specialist. Never saw a specialist. I did get the prescription for Clomid, which I took, and then you were supposed to wait for your next cycle and then begin the progesterone, Mm -hmm. but I never had another period. So I called the doctor, and I was like, what are we doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is taking forever. I'm done with the Clomid. She was like, have you taken a pregnancy test? And I said, well, yes, like, you know, every day. And she goes, well, go home and take one more. 
And I did. And it was. <laughs> wow. Okay. So nine month fertility, I would call that a fertility journey. Okay. Um, really anything over six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you go into the club yeah. of uh, women that are on a fertility journey. So that's a long time. Yeah. To, that's, that's, that's a long time of nine periods. A lot of, of nose. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of nose. So, so then when, were you expecting it to take a long time with Tucker then too? Didn't really know. I mean, okay. we weren't in a super hurry, but you know, once, once the baby turns one and then they're walking and talking and like not so babyish anymore, it's, it's instinctual. I don't know. You just all of a sudden want another, another one. one, even though I couldn't imagine like splitting my love between two babies. How do you do yeah. that? Okay. So I'm going to, um, let's laugh right here because yeah. you just said, I can't imagine spinning, splitting my love between two babies. But for everyone that's listening, I remember a conversation with Amy before her first daughter was oh. born, Sophie, yeah. because she couldn't imagine splitting the love between her dogs with her <laughs> new daughter that was coming. Now, how did your pregnancy go with Tucker? Super easy. Just like really my pregnancy with Sophie. I feel great when I'm pregnant. Like I could do that a lot of times. I so think. <laughs> many women say that, that they just yeah. love being pregnant. So yeah. you were one of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved to eat. I loved the cute clothes. I felt great. Like I loved getting out and moving my body and like thinking about everything that was going on inside. Like just, it made me feel so much more alive. I don't know. Does that sound yeah. silly? No, not at all. But I hear this all the time from moms that they were, they felt like their best self mm-hmm. when they were pregnant, just so beautiful and so glowing. Probably the way that I see all pregnant women, right. like I just see them as the most beautiful beings on this earth, like so magical. You just feel like capable and like, rah, like I'm yeah. growing a human. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. So in this, you guys had moved, right? Also from Charlotte to Louisville. So when I was maybe four or five months along with Tucker, um, Brian got a new job in Louisville where his family is. And that I knew that was always like a part of our plan. We just didn't know when the right time would be. And it happened really quick. And so I had to transfer all of my care. And oh my gosh. So we ate out a lot of takeout. We grilled a lot of stuff, but like there was dessert every night and we didn't join Jim when we moved there. And like, I was addicted to going to the Y here in Charlotte. So to like, I lost my gym membership. We started eating out and eating dessert every night. I mean, the fact that I didn't gain a hundred pounds, I really, how much did you gain? Do you remember? I gained maybe 40 with Sophie, maybe 41, 42 with Tucker. Okay. But just, you know, you feel a little stretched out, a little bigger second time around. Yeah. I mean, I think 40 is a really good goal for people. Yeah. So 25 to 40, they say. <laughs> I gained. Top so, of the range. I gained 70. <laughs> Amy's helping me get back in shape. We just went to Soul Cycle yesterday. It was awesome. So, uh, so you are doing one of the hardest things that a pregnant woman could do, which is you have an infant. Mm-hmm. Which, were you still nursing? No. Okay, well, there's one thing off your your to-do list. So, But you have an infant. You're living with your in-laws. You're trying to find a house to live in, and you're pregnant. And you change care providers. Like, I'm exhausted. That makes me have heart palpitations. So so you get to this new provider, Mm -hmm. and your pregnancy is going great. Mm -hmm. 
But then what happened? Well, we near the end and realize that he's breach. Yeah. With no interest in turning it around. And were you devastated? Were you okay? Like, what were you? Devastated. You were devastated. Devastated. Okay. I was terrified. And it's not because there's any sort of, like, judgment passing on in the way that you have your baby, right? Yeah. I just didn't want it for me. I've never broken a bone, a knock on wood. Like, I've never had any sort of major surgery. Being in the doctor's care just terrifies me. The needles, the monitors, the like the cold rooms, like just make it go away. Oh, yeah. And so here now I'm staring down the barrel of a scheduled cesarean section. And how'd you take it? Because I, mean, I kind of well. remember you tried a couple of things though, right? We did a few. Yeah. Um, I tried laying upside down a lot, whether it was like against the couch or on the yoga ball or big stack of pillows. Um, I don't think I really knew that it was possible outside of doing like um, the version. Yeah. Um, which that scared me too. And why are you going to go through that pain if it could just flip right back around? I mean, and obviously it works or they wouldn't offer it. Um, he just was, he was in there. He yeah. was... Did they offer, so they offered you the version or no? They didn't. Okay. Um, Yeah, it wasn't suggested to me at the time. It may have just been how far along you were, how big he was. I mean, there's multiple things that go into that um, decision. So it was not on the table for you. It wasn't. So it was C-section only. Like there was, all the choices were taken away from you. Right. Okay. And you had already had a vaginal birth. Correct. So, uh, So, So you're one of those very interesting people. That had a vaginal birth first and then a cesarean second. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they just go ahead and schedule the day? We scheduled it. Yep. Okay. Now, what did that feel like? Like once you came to acceptance and you knew the day you were going to have your baby, like were you scared? It's terrified. terrified. And I really don't think I accepted it until yeah. I was on that table. Yeah. Truthfully, we had to check in um, maybe at like nine o'clock in the morning. But I was scheduled for like noon. Okay. Didn't go until four because they had various other emergencies to deal with that day. And I was, you know, a scheduled C-section. Not an emergency. Very low on the totem pole. (laughs) But at one point, a nurse came in to check on us because I was hooked up to all kinds of monitors and stuff already. And she just said, you're just banging out the contractions. So here we are again. In labor. Right. You get to the hospital and you go into labor. Yeah. And... Mind body connection. Right? I'm like, I'm going to go into labor and you are not going (laughs) to intervene. You're not taking this baby out. But truthfully, he was so high. Like, I remember even when they did the C-section, like, it seemed like there was an extreme amount of, like, pulling, like, to get him down far enough to pull him out. Yeah. And did you, do you remember feeling, like, the relief of pressure when he was born? Like, no. Okay. Cause I was wondering because I haven't had a C section before, but um, the feeling of having like a vaginal birth, like you had with Sophie, mm-hmm. is like, I just remember like this emptying, like right after you give birth, like it was like, oh, like I'm empty. Like the pressure was gone. Yeah. I, I don't, since I've never had a C section, I was just curious if you feel that. I think that emptying, some women do. But you were numb. Like you were so numb, you didn't right. feel it. Okay. Right. So. 
But to take it back to between the nurse noticing my contractions and me going in the room, the only thing that was like keeping me steady was that like my mom was there and Brian was there. And as long as they didn't leave me, I was going to be okay. But when they took me in for the spinal, no one else is allowed in the room. Yeah. I wish we could unpack that with the medical community. Yeah. Like I have big dreams for this podcast that like maybe a million people listen to this someday. And like, we need to put that on the table. Mm -hmm. Like is the best birthing experience for moms to have them be alone for any part of that process. And I'm sorry, the nurse that you just met or the anesthesiologist is not your comfort or support person. So, you know, I just, I dream of a world that when we're going through childbirth education or we're doing our hospital joys, there's something that your partner could do to prepare that if it went to cesarean section, that someone would be holding your hand the entire time. Mm. Like women deserve that. They deserve to not be alone. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my little tangent for today. No, I agree completely. I'm sorry that you were alone, but you knew they were there. They were there and they you know, Brian came right in as soon as they allowed people back in the room. Um, and interesting, too, this may not, this may be the wrong timing, but it may not be. I don't know, because your husband's in medical device sales. So mm-hmm. he's in the operating room. Like right. this is what he does. He wears scrubs every single day. He goes into the operating room and he does surgery and they still didn't let him come with you. Right. He had plenty of credentials, I'm sure. Yeah. To be like fully the, credentialed yeah. for the operating room for the right. hospital. Yeah. And they still don't let him in. Mm-mm. Wow. That's something we need to work on healthcare yeah. systems. <laughs> okay. We'll keep going. PSA. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, food for thought for another day. That's the next so, podcast. Yes. Okay. So they finally came in and joined you for mm-hmm. the C-section. And then um, I felt great. Like after I got the spinal and was laid down, um, I told like the anesthesiologist, whoever that person was, you know, you never really see him again. Yeah. Was fantastic. Like told me everything. Like if I was feeling this, tell him this, feeling this, tell him that. And I I knew at one point I was starting to feel really nauseous. And within like 10 seconds, whatever he had pumped in my line made it all go away. So and at that point. I don't, you know, that's when I think I gave in to the idea of this is, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right before it actually right. happened. <laughs> and then they, so. you know, they put the drape up because I don't need to see that. Yeah. Like personally, mm-hmm. it, you know, needles scare me. I don't need to see my everything yeah. put out there on my belly. Um, yeah. It just wouldn't have done me any favors mentally. So, so Brian got to say. It's a boy. Oh, because you didn't know the gender. Right. Did you know with Sophie? We did. Okay, yeah. so you decided to be surprised. Decided to be surprised. And truthfully, that was one of the like things I was clinging to to like bring me joy in that moment was that I still get a surprise at the end. Like yeah. I still get, you know, to find out. Yeah. So he got first look over the drape. So would to- you give that as advice then? Like if you know you're having a planned cesarean? Some people are planners and if, you know, some people don't mind the surgery, you know, healthy mom, healthy baby. Yeah. Um, If you're not terrified of (laughs) medical intervention like I am, um, you know, some people just want to know. But like for me, it was the best thing to not know. Yeah. 
What a cool surprise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then recovery. Like, do you, did you get to hold Tucker right away after the C-section? I did. Okay. Yes. Um, I got to see him and I think I got a, like, truthfully, I don't know how that first moment played out. I do know that within minutes, I think the last stitch, the last time, the last stitch that went in, I heard my physician say, you know, 21 minutes. So I was, the first cut to the last stitch was only 21 minutes. Wow. And after that, I was like stable and able to like sit up and I got to hold him. And by stable, you mean like your blood pressure. Right. Yeah. Bleeding was controlled. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Your temperature. Okay. And I was able to hold him, and they rolled us to the, a little recovery room, like a temporary, like a holding place. What would you call that? It's just, it's just recovery. Yeah, but yeah. It, oh, it didn't actually have a room yet. Yeah. Um, and someone came in right there, and um, a lactation consultant came in to help me nurse. Oh, good. That's fast. Yeah, it was really fast. I mean, it wasn't like from the belly to my skin, but yeah, it was as fast as I could imagine it would have been. I'm assuming at this point you're still pretty numb. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So you're not like in pain. Like you're no. sitting up, you're holding your baby. Right. But you're not really feeling mm-hmm. pain. Right. Or not. Do you remember when the pain kicked in? I'm going to go with that night. Okay. And then they make you get out of bed and stand up. And that straightening of your back and pulling of your abs and staples for the first time. Oh, I just have like the heebie-jeebies list, like because I'm looking at Amy's face as she's describing it too, and it's making and me wiggling in my chair. Yes, I'm like, oh, that does not sound comfortable. That sounds yeah. That so. was that was hard, but you know, you get up and you do it. Yeah, and then you still have all the like the normal um, postpartum things going on with your body. Um, so someone helping me to the bathroom and checking out the size of blood clots and. Yeah. yeah. You had a pretty standard first birth mm-hmm. with Sophie. And then, honestly, a pretty standard scheduled cesarean section. Right. Everything went well, like no complications, no infections, None. anything like that. And then, um, did you know you wanted to have a third child? It was always on the table for me. Um, it might have taken a little convincing um, <laughs> on Brian's part. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just I had this feeling that I wasn't done. Okay. I wanted to do it again. And every time you pick up more information, more knowledge, you learn to trust your intuition a little bit more. And so I just thought, this third time I'll just do it right. Yeah. I'll get everything right. Hey, it's Heidi. I'm interrupting the podcast to let you know about a free resource that I've created for you at birthstory.com. All you have to do is go to birthstory.com and then click the tab that says the workbook. Once you put your email address in, an entire resource library of all of my secret sauces are available to you for free as my thank you for listening to the Birth Story podcast and being part of this community. At birthstory.com, under the workbook, you will find a birth plan template, articles on circumcision, delayed cord clamping, flipping a breech baby packing your hospital bag, acupressure points, placenta encapsulation, and so much more. There are over 20 free articles ready for you to download at birthstory.com. Now let's get back to this amazing episode. 
let's get into that story. Okay. Because <laughs> number the real three. Here. <laughs> yeah. So number three was not quite planned. And I want you to tell everyone that's listening about your trip to the OBGYN. <laughs> so I went to the OB for a regular checkup and I wanted to change my birth control. So I wanted one that was like low amount of hormones. Okay. But this one made me like actually not have periods, which is kind of troublesome if you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. What What is this? Is this... Is this a pregnancy? Is this a, because of the medicine? So Too much anxiety. Yes, not worth it. Yeah. So um, regular checkup at the OB, and we were going to change my birth control. And she said, well, when was your last period? And, you know, it had been like a month. And, uh, and I thought it was probably like the low estrogen. And she said, well, we're just going to, we're just going to take a pregnancy test just in case. So she went out to write the prescription and, you know, when they leave the room and pull the curtain, get dressed, I literally had one leg in my pants and the door blows open. And she said, did you know you're pregnant? And I said, well, I do now. Oh, my God. You were like, no, of course I don't know I'm pregnant. I'm here for birth control. (laughs) How did you tell your husband? I think I got in the car and texted him because I knew he was like he was busy that day and and I said, well, what are you doing on um, July 20th next year? And he's like, why? And so I picked up the phone and called him because I knew he was available. Yeah. And I was like, well, we're having a baby. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Now, because we're friends, I know this. But like that week before, you weren't feeling good. But you had right. no idea you were pregnant. But like you just did you just feel like you had the flu? So we had just lost Maddox. Your dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. my like baby. Truthfully, I mean, my emotions and like had no appetite and like I just miss, missed her so fiercely that I was blaming all of my feelings on that. Just grief. Just grief. Yeah. Yeah. So total surprise. Total surprise. And was your husband excited? Was he? Yes. Okay. He was like, Is this for real? Yeah. Yes. Because this could go many ways with many people that are listening, you know, like, dang it. We were both really excited. and so excited. I think he knew that deep down, like, I I wasn't done. Yeah. And you wanted another one. Yeah. So, okay. So how did your pregnancy go with Thomas? Because now you're coming off a cesarean section. So how far apart are Thomas and Tucker, number two and number three? Three and a half years. Okay, so three and a half years later, which means you would have been pregnant, you know, 10 months earlier than that. So two and three and a half. Yeah, Yeah. two and a half. Um, So you were healed from your cesarean section. Absolutely. Um, At what point did you say, like, hey, I might be interested in a VBAC? Is that was that your idea or your providers? Right after she gave me a hug. Yeah. Like when she said you're pregnant, she said, well, you're going to VBAC. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, me too. Don't say her name, but I this, won't. this magical unicorn OB, of yeah. OB. Well, that was promoting a VBAC. Love her. her. And that's because you had a successful, I will say, the stats are much better when you've had a successful vaginal birth first. first. Yes. Yeah. But the only so. reason I had one was because it was breach. There yeah. was no other like medical reason. Yeah. So she was your cheerleader from Absolutely. day one. But you know, the ironic part is that her practice didn't do VBACs. 
So she had to go get her cell phone and call like one of her little colleagues in another practice and referred me over. But she really does like high risk VBACs. So I thought I was a shoe in like, yeah, she would take me. I would be easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like got out her cell phone and like texted her, you know, little OB bestie and said, I've got a new patient for you. I mean, it was, it, that was it. There was no question. I love it. So then you switch practices. Yeah. Okay. We went in for like a little interview consultation. It's like seven o'clock in the morning and I've got, you know, my two kids sitting on the floor. <laughs> Brian and I are like, I'm giving my entire medical history to this sweet woman. So, and yeah. So you, everyone agreed mm-hmm. uh, VBAC would be a safe choice yes. for number three. Right. So the pregnancy progresses mm-hmm. and how, do, how does it go? Everything's great. Um, maybe... 35 weeks just checked in and he was breech dang it I know wah wah so so I pulled out all the stops at this point did you consider hiring a doula yes yes okay and when when how did that process go down so I reached out to um a lactation consultant that I knew and asked for her recommendations on a doula I started there and then, you know, I tried one and she was already booked and then I tried her recommendation and she was already booked. So I finally found. And this was what at 30, how far along were you when you were looking for a doula? This was maybe the middle of my pregnancy. Okay. For everyone listening. (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent for everyone that's listening. You need to hire a doula as soon as you know you have a viable pregnancy and are moving forward if that's what you want. So we're recording this episode. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but this episode is being recorded at the beginning of February. I am booked out as a doula through August. Do the math. Those women just found out that they are pregnant Mm -hmm. and I am already booked through August. If you want a really good experienced doula, you better go after her with all your might, you know, soon after you have a positive pregnancy test. I say 12 weeks, but I think when you're 12 weeks gestation, 12 to 14, that's a really safe time to start getting your doula on board. Mm-hmm. So you're you're halfway through your pregnancy. You're, you're 24, 25, 26 weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're finding out that all the doulas are booked right. in Louisville. Yes. And then um, the woman that I found, she was also in nursing school. So I don't think she was taking a lot of clients at the time. So I kind of had the advantage of like, hey, this is going to be really easy for you and for me. (laughs) I just need you in the room to like make sure that this goes well. Yeah. Um, Because Brian's thing was like, you know, I'm on board with you trying this. We didn't have any friends who had done it at the time. He's like, I'm on board with this whole VBAC idea. As long as you can promise me that there's never going to be this like panic. There's never going to be this huge risk. Um, this is going to be smooth. We're not going to like wait too long and like be in a dangerous situation. Okay. Right? This is hysterical now, but um, for any dads that are listening to like you, we cannot ever promise that on even a vaginal birth, right. you know? So it's just so sweet that our protectors just want to make sure that we're safe and even a little tiny increase in any kind of risk 
just yep. sails them into overdrive, you know? So yes. settle down and hire a doula. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got your doula on board. Did you meet with her before your delivery? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we you- met and like did kind of, you know, an interview and talked about her experience. And okay. um, she herself, I believe, it had a VBAC okay. um, at a very young age. And so I think she just felt like this mission to, you know, make sure this was going to happen for everybody else. And pass it forward. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's awesome. Yep. So it's 35 weeks. Mm -hmm. He's breach. Yep. So she gives me all of these ideas on, you know, you walk with like one foot on the curb and one foot down and you Mm -hmm. go sideways up the stairs. And I took it as far as um, going upside down, doing handstands in the pool at the YMCA. I laid upside down on the birthing ball at home. Went to see a chiropractor that um, did the Webster technique, which is where, you know, various points of pressure and twisting. And it's supposed to allow room for the baby to turn. Do you remember going to a website called Spinning Babies? Yes. Okay. I think you sent me there. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So anyone who's listening, Spinning Babies, huge shout out. Great website. Yeah. Um, with really good techniques on how to um, help a breech baby get turned head down and face down. But I asked anyone and everyone that I knew that had any tie or connection or belief in holistic medicine um, and babies and birth, what to do. Um, And I wound up going to acupuncture also. Their tiny little needles go into your tiny little pinky toes (laughs) because there's some sort of channel or current from your pinky toe to like the uterus. Yeah. Um, and then I, I do believe we did some in my knees at some point, too. But not just putting the needles in and leaving it, but they light this. Um, it looks Moxie. like. A, yes. Yeah. looks like a cigar. <laughs> smells even worse. <laughs> and waves it around until the needle like heats. And then yeah. she goes over to the other side and does it again. Um, and she sent me home with some. So we didn't do the needles at home, but I had Brian. I put my feet up on the ball. We'd sit outside because it smelled so bad. Didn't want to do it in the house. And he would light this moxie and like hold it by my toe until I couldn't stand it anymore. And then he'd go over to the other one. I did this religiously. I did everything. You were so committed. So committed. So what happened? He flipped. Do you remember him flipping? I do. Okay, so yeah. you felt him. Mm-hmm. What? How, where were you? What was it like? I was at home. Okay. Um, it just, you know, someone explained what it would feel like, like a big, like rolling. Yeah. And that's what it was. And so I called the OB and I said, you need to come back in for one more ultrasound, please. Like, I think you flipped. Yeah. So I go into the exam room because they, you know, they always want to like examine you first. You don't just get to roll, yeah. roll in for an ultrasound. And she, I remember her pressing really low and she was like, yeah, there's this head. And I was like, well, I have to see it. Like I have to see it on the screen to believe it so that we can move forward. Yeah. And there he was. And I just sat there and cried like there, we've, oh, we've done it. Yes. Went home All of it night. worked. Yeah. How many weeks gestation were you when he flipped? So 30, 36. Okay. So 35, mm-hmm. he was breech. Yep. You spent that entire week just like crushing it yep. with the alternative measures mm-hmm. besides aversion. You right. know, I would say call that a medical intervention. So all the alternative methods. Right. And within a week, he flipped. Yes. Yes. But do you His know? His name like- is Thomas and I love him. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I went home from the ultrasound, though, and that night I felt it again, and I thought, he just flipped back. Don't tell me he did. Well, I called the I called the OB's office, and I said, I'm sorry, I have to come in again. Like, he's flipped again. 
and I don't know what it was that I felt, but he was still head down. And I said, okay, so I'm not, (laughs) I am not going to invert myself one more time. Like this baby's going to grow fat enough like this that he can't flip again. Yeah. So were you like, I'm just going to sit here and not move my body (laughs) for four weeks until I go into labor? You know what I did is anytime like the television was on or the kids were entertained, I got out that birthing ball and I hung like I put my arms on the top and my legs really wide in a squat. And I just sat there and like rocked and rolled all around to like give him all the room to stay down. Yeah. Like no opportunity for bouncing back up. Yeah. And it is pretty rare once they turn, flip, and go head down after 36 right. weeks to flip back around. I mean, it can. So it can, but it's it's more rare for that to mm-hmm. occur. So. And I don't have huge babies. So I thought, you know, he's still relatively small. And how, how big are your babies? Seven pounds. Okay. Yeah. So that's average. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're like hanging out on the ball. All now the time. it's like 37. 30. When did you go into labor? Was I? I was right at my due date, maybe okay. a day or two before. Okay, I know that some women can memorize these details. Oh no, it doesn't like matter. But you went but full. You went all the way full term. I was full term. So you he flipped, and then you still had a couple more weeks to go. Right, and now you have two other children, mm-hmm. and they're and home all, for the summer and all their things. Yes, and it's July. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Just go to the I, pool. We lived at the pool. Okay, I was, I was like, hanging out at the pool. There were there was one other mom who was six weeks ahead of me, and uh, we also have our middle child named Tucker. So funny, and it. so we you know high fived across the pool every day. And one day she wasn't there, and I was so jealous. It's like <laughs> she's done, and I'm still here. <laughs> yes, you know that's kind of how I was three weeks behind Amy mm-hmm. for this birth. I'll mm-hmm. just say that yeah. <laughs> three and that's how I felt when you went into labor. Yeah. I mean, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to be pregnant in August. Right. You know? Yeah. So, okay, so now it's the end. Tell me about the day of labor. What did that look like? I'd woken up several mornings thinking, oh, this is it. Like, I don't, something feels off. But that morning, it was like six o'clock, and I said, something's not right. Like, I mean, it was right, but something was different. Yeah. So, texted my father in law. And he came and got the kids that day. And Brian stayed really close. And I still was like moving around, feeling like just off, you know? Um, But I knew we didn't have any food in the house. So I thought, well, let's go to Costco. (laughs) Of course. Baby number three. (laughs) Right. You know? And I remember like doubling over and hanging onto the side of the cart, having contractions. But I was like, I don't know. Are they really? Because the last time I had real contractions was six years prior. And they were Pitocin-induced contractions. And I went so straight to an epidural. So. Much stronger. Yeah. So yep. this is like... It's this new. Is, yeah. Basically. But it's third baby. Right. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. So you're at So we Costco. did our shopping. We yeah. went home. I had a photo shoot to edit. So I sat at my laptop with Clary Sage putting it on my ankles every 10 minutes, rubbing it in. I was on my ball, like on my birthing ball. Like Amy's editing. doing hip swivels right now. So <laughs> I'm like, I mean, you I can't was like, describe it without well, doing yes. it. I was like, she's doing hip swivels on her birthing ball. <laughs> in the editing. studio. Yes. So editing, doing my Clary Sage, drinking a ton of water. And then 
At some point, you called. I remember talking to you. I just don't remember when. But you were like, well, you're you're normal. Like you're like you're having a normal conversation. Like it's all good. Yeah. And so I said to Brian, like, you have to call the doula and tell her to come over. I just had this feeling. But I said, if I call her and I'm speaking clearly and I'm still like happy. I probably told you that. She's not going to come. Yes. You did. So she came over and she was like, Amy, you're still like laughing and like telling jokes. Like I just would turn inward during like, you know, the 10 seconds or whatever it was. And and I would bounce right back. But I think. So easy. I think in hindsight. So I'd read the hypnobirthing book. Yeah. So all of this is because your water is still intact. So you're in early labor. Mm -hmm. You have a full sack of water. Mm -hmm. This could go on for hours and hours and hours. Days. Even on a third baby. Mm -hmm. Now, it's usually shorter, but could. So one of the things, I'm going to stop right here before we go any further. What I say to my clients is, you're fine unless your water breaks. If you're on baby two, three, four, five, six, and your water breaks, you need to go straight to the hospital. So your doula comes over. You're in early labor, it appears, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How far apart were your contractions? Like 10 minutes? Maybe five. Five minutes? Oh, well, that's close was, together. Yeah, they were that's close. very close together. <laughs> so at one point she said, well, um, so we're five minutes apart. She said, well, let's just try, you know, one more position and see if things slow down or, you know, see what happens. Smart doula. Yeah. So um, I sat on the toilet because... Beautiful place place. to put pressure. Yeah. Great place to labor. One mm -hmm. of the most beautiful places to labor because it opens everything up. So. So one contraction came and my water broke and I started pushing. It was the most unreal. It was not me. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you went inside yourself. Yeah. And I looked at her after it was over and I said. I'm pushing. And she said, I know. And I forgot to mention that she had told my husband to go put the dogs away, go get a towel. You know, after this, after we move, we're, we're probably just going to get in the car and, and go ahead and head out. So Brian's putting the dogs away, going to get some, you know, bath towels for the car, just in case. And then we have our five alarm fire. <laughs> <laughs> Brian said, this is great as long as we are not panicked. Okay. And this was panic. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm doing this right here. Yeah. Don't move me. Don't touch me. It's really difficult when you have now just, because you kind of miss transition almost. I mean, when your water breaks Mm -hmm. and you start pushing on the very next contraction, and hello, this is very common for third babies. Right. Um, it was very smart of your doula to have wanted to have moved you when you were five centimeters or five centimeters was me five minutes apart mm-hmm. um, contractions on a third baby when your water was still intact because once that water's gone, gosh, things can happen really fast yeah. as it just unfolded it for you. Yeah. So, and when you say pushing, I mean you are just like the uncontrollable, unbearable. If someone had a gun to your head and said, stop, you wouldn't be able to. No, because I didn't feel that I was doing it. it I didn't I didn't think that my brain was controlling. No, your, was, your body yeah. took over. Right. Wow. 
Yeah. So if someone said stop, there's just no way. So now you're like, nope, we're going to deliver the baby right here. Mm-hmm. Did you just want to call 911? Yes, I did. Okay. And the doula insisted that that was not the best idea. Just, you know, taking a newborn like for a ride in an ambulance and they were probably going to take me downtown to a different hospital than I wanted to go to. Um, and I don't know if she had other reasons than that. Well, I don't know, but I do know that you usually don't just push a baby right out on one contraction. Mm-hmm. So she probably likely thought, okay, you're bearing down, but there might still be time to get to the hospital. Because I had a little bit more of a risky delivery. Right. Yeah. Being yeah. a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I waddle to the car only because they made me. Yeah. Um, no shirt. No shoes. Who cares? No cell phone. Yeah. In your brand new car, I remember. Yeah. Beautiful minivan <laughs> that I fought mom getting. Car. Yeah. But mom. now I love. Yes. And now we'll never be able to sell it. Hashtag mom life. <laughs> yes. Anyone who's listening, there's a uh, whatever Honda Odyssey that's coming for sale soon. <laughs> it's a famous minivan. Okay, I'm just kidding. So yeah. you waddle to the car, you get in. Waddle to the car and get in. Brian is driving, I'm not kidding, like 95 miles an hour. Have you called 911? I wasn't calling anybody. No, did they call 911? Sorry, did they call 911 or the hospital and say we're coming? So in the car somehow, while he's driving. 95 miles an hour. Figures out like how to get the hospital on the phone. Okay. And says, this is, you know, we're coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> My wife is a patient of doctor. Whatever. And, yeah. and she's a VBAC. And this is happening right now. And they said, okay, well, we'll be ready for you. And so he hangs up. And, <laughs> and you're just pushing on yeah. every contraction. I couldn't put my seatbelt on because I couldn't sit because the baby was right there. Yeah. Brian is driving. He, by the way, thinks that he should be a part of this interview, too, because his side of the story. <laughs> we'll have another interview where we just interview the dad. dads of the road. Yeah. <laughs> like that. You dads know, dads of the road. He's driving on the highway. Thank goodness it was seven o'clock on like a Thursday. There was no traffic. It wasn't rush hour. That's the only reason we made it as far as we did. Yeah. So he's driving with the flashers on, calling the hospital. And with his right hand, he's reaching over to like yank my shorts down because I was like, the baby's come. The baby's here. He's like, what do you say? Where's it going to go? <laughs> like you're, I'm sitting on our baby's right. head right now. And what was so funny is this is about the time that that viral video came out on Facebook of the woman sitting in the passenger seat and she just delivers her baby. And the dad videoed the whole thing. Do you remember yeah. that? And you had seen it. And so yeah. you were like, just be calm and do that. And there was no, like, <laughs> no thought. thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. But, you know, as this story unfolds, my friends are like, wait, what? Like that video on Facebook? Like, yeah. Like, no, that really happens. Because you think like, oh, that was so irresponsible of them. How could they wait that long? No, you were like, I had only been in labor for three hours. Right. (laughs) So, and two of those were at Costco. Yes. So. Uh. So flying through the hospital parking lot, we pull up like backwards in the, um, ambulance driveway 
and I look out the window, and here comes, you know, a little nurse, a little wheelchair, just taking her time. <laughs> <laughs> she opens the door and, and like, to escort me to her wheelchair, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> here's the baby. We don't need to do that. <laughs> so what, was his head out? I mean, almost. Okay. So another nurse comes out, pulls the door open wider, checks me out. She said, we're going to just do this right here, and this is going to be great. Okay. And I was like, all right, okay. Because he was like one push. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was literally one push there at the head. So they, so did they coach you through that on the next contraction? Yes. Or did you just, okay. I said, somebody put my seat back because I'm so sick. <laughs> so up. I go, <laughs> <laughs> With my feet up on the dash. Yeah. Oh my God. Feet on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this because you're actually at the hospital, but it's like, you know, no, the baby's right here. Yeah. We're in the parking lot <laughs> where people can just have a plain view from Everyone's the windows. watching the birth yeah. that day. Someone so. actually filmed it. Did they send it to you? It's kind of a long story. Okay. We won't go into that. Okay. Then. But the hospital okay. thought that that was violating a lot of privacy laws <laughs> so they intervened and okay. and the video is gone okay okay um so yeah just you know in front of god and everybody here i am in the yeah. parking lot so i put my feet up they push the seat back she said okay give me a push there was the head a few seconds later all right you ready for another one and there was the body and i pulled him up to my chest and i looked at brian and i was like i did it can, can you believe this? And he's like, can we please go inside? I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yes. The one thing that he did not want to have happen right. became his reality. Yes. Oh, I just can't wait to just talk to just him about yeah, this. I know. Too. I know. Oh, I mean, my gosh. He just wanted me alive, baby yeah. alive. Okay. And once we checked that off the list, it was time to go inside. So the cord was long enough. That you yeah. were able to hold him up on your chest. Yes. So okay. they, you know, put a bunch of blankets around him. Okay. Didn't they put you in a uh, in a wheelchair or a stretcher? Where, well, how do you get inside? Do you walk? <laughs> I'm so confused. Waddling with so. my cord hanging out. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. Well, so I'm still like having this like blissful moment though. Okay. And and so you know they're trying to like notate the time time of birth like because we're in the car we don't have okay. like yeah all of their equipment and instruments and things oh my god this drives me crazy who gives a shit the time of birth <laughs> like the paperwork people right. are so concerned about paperwork yeah i'm like be more concerned about the mom right. with the baby in the front seat of the car than the paperwork well and filling, okay. out the paperwork, filling out the paperwork they were like do we what mom was it a boy or a girl and i was like oh i don't know no. <laughs> You forgot to look. I didn't look. I just oh was so happy to have, I did it. Like, I wanted a natural birth, and I did it. Yes. So, you know, had to peel the baby off of me. Oh, it's a boy. Okay, back to my chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, into the wheelchair. Like, okay, covered into a in wheelchair. I was like, because like, I'm drapes. so curious about this. So, they, they brought some privacy blankets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, not for like a 
curtain, but yeah. like it, enough to lay over my lap. And when they wheeled me in, I got, you know, standing applause. And, and everyone's I, just staring at you yeah. like, yeah, girl, yeah. yeah, baby in the car. So a nurse delivered you. A nurse. Yeah. Was it an ER nurse yes. or an OB nurse? No, an ER, ER nurse. ER nurse. Love it. Yeah. Okay. You, so then what happens? Do they, they, do they keep you in the emergency room or do they take you up to OB? Uh, they took me up to OB because I remember there was like a scale in the room. So I, okay. I don't think that that would have been like a regular ER room okay. with a baby scale. Because okay. um, I remember that they weighed him and measured him. Um, Hold, what? Hold on. I've got so many questions before yeah. we get to that. In order to weigh him and measure him, you would have had to have been detached from him. Okay. So yeah. how did that go down? Well, you know, I had all these dreams of like this natural birth and we wait till the cord stops pulsing and blah, 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 blah. And then we cut it. And yeah. Yeah. But I think truly in the amount of time it took. Oh, yeah. That girl, we were good. It's like four to six minutes. Okay. Max. So sure. if you deliver that baby mm-hmm. and then they had to transfer you inside, like there, that cord was done. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have no doubt in my mind that that cord was completely finished pulsating. Right. So who cut, who cut it? You don't remember? Mm-mm. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Amy's mouthing secrets <laughs> to me and I'm saying them out loud. Who cares? Okay, so you don't remember. That's fine. I don't remember that moment. When I interview your yep. husband, I'll ask him. Oh, so. gosh. But no, that's no. okay. You don't remember because you were basking in the joy of your, like, your new baby and the I fact that was. you, when you have a natural childbirth too, I mean, God the love endorphins. it. Yes. I mean, I've done it both ways, like fully medicated. I've been there by everyone's side. But like when you have a fully natural childbirth, I mean... It's like finishing a marathon. It's like climbing Mount Everest. I mean, you are on top of the world. You are like, I am a warrior and I have just like won the earth, right. you know? Yeah. Just amazing. Did you get the shakes? Do you remember? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So was it pretty much right afterwards where you just like, Ugh, we shaking? were in the room. Yeah. Okay. Um, and <laughs> Can the- you do your version of shakes? No? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but then it was time to like deliver the placenta, which wasn't coming. So then there's all this various like massaging and um, lots of bleeding. I know that they gave me Pitocin at some point. Mm-hmm. It's very normal. Um, and then they stood me up to go to the bathroom. I guess you have to like you have to pee before you can move on. Right? Well, so if you have a full bladder, it can inhibit. It can increase your chance of hemorrhage. It can okay. inhibit the um, uterus from fully contracting. It can inhibit the placenta from being delivered. So it's a very important to have an empty bladder. Okay. So, and it looked like a crime scene. Oh, me standing okay. up and walking to the bathroom. Okay. Um, and I started to get scared at that point. Okay. Did you feel dizzy? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you were, you were, did you pass out? I was like the closest to passing out I've ever been in my whole life. Okay. Um, after like that. Like where you're like, I'm going down, but then you didn't actually go I was down. in a wheelchair. They were moving me to the next room and the nurse said, I shouldn't have put her in a chair because you can't pass out if you're lying down. Yeah, she's she was like, I should have left her in the bed. Like I'm hearing this going down while like everything is going white and fuzzy. I feel nauseous. She said my skin was like green. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost so much blood in that process. Um, But we made it to the room. But for everyone listening, though. This postpartum hemorrhage had nothing to do with your VBAC. Nothing. Nothing no. to do with your VBAC. No. This is just everything to do with probably having a rapid delivery, a full bladder, like 
a difficult delivery with the placenta that wasn't detaching, just mostly because everything went so quick. Yeah. You know, so I just want to interject yeah. that there, that, sure. that this is not like a, you weren't hemorrhaging because you had a VBAC. Like mm-hmm. this is a totally separate thing that was happening. Right. So. So got to the room. I think I'd stuffed some peanut butter crackers in a bag. And so had those and felt so much better. And then, you know, we were left alone for a few minutes. And it's like, wait, did that just happen? Like, really? Oh, it did happen. It was amazing. I'm so proud of you. All three of these births were just beautiful. And this one's just so, so different. And this one was just, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, it sounds like Brian was really scared, but it just sounds like you just stayed calm, cool, collected. It just went with your natural body's instincts and, you know, I'm just you know, it's so we- proud it, of you. It is weird, though, to think, like, to say that I was calm because I, I feel like I wasn't really there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like They call it the labor zone. I where was, you yeah. feel like you're in an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. This is something that most people feel either when they've had when they're birthing naturally so that meaning when you're having those contractions before you get the epidural many times people will get into that labor zone and then if especially if you go all the way you know through transition where time sounds um like just nothing nothing really like you wouldn't be able to comprehend like people talking or asking you questions or Mm -hmm. what time it is i mean everything's just kind of a Oh, you're in this bubble of a a time warp. You have a job to do and your body's just going to do it and everything else goes away. Yeah. So I don't have any memory of being in pain. I don't have really memory of being scared. I just, yeah, went into this place of like, we're going to do this and it's all okay. And yeah, the guttural noises that my mouth produced I like mean, your voice hurts for days afterwards. Sure. Yeah. My midwife called it, calls it a labor song. Yeah. Sing because it wasn't, it wasn't it in pain. It wasn't no. sad. It was just like, this is going to help me get through the next 10 seconds and yeah. I'm going to do it. Let's, let's, let's do it together. Let's have everybody hear what a guttural bone is. Ready? Oh, really? Yeah. Let's do it. What if mine's not like yours? It's everyone sounds similar. So ready? <laughs> uh, uh God. If you hear that sound, the person you're next to is likely in transition about to deliver their baby. Oh my gosh. Well, Amy, this has been awesome. And um, so my last question for you is what I ask everyone. And that is, what is your favorite baby product that Mm. for anyone listening that you just have to pass on the must have go to register for it? Don't forget to have it. What is it for you? Hands down, for me, it was having a ring sling. Awesome. I'd not had one with the other two kids. So tell everybody about a ring sling. It's the most simple. You think you could like whip it up yourself, right? But it's the fabric. It's just like butter. It's this long piece of fabric with a big metal loop on the end. And it goes over your shoulder, and over one shoulder. And then you have this fun way of like looping it up. And then you make a little like seat for the baby's butt and their knees go up and they just you can make kind of a little pillow for their head and just they're right there you should be able to like kiss the top of their head right with the baby carrier they're just right there and for a mom of three 
I needed my hands to do other things. Um, so baby was right there. I was hands free. It's cute. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it just makes I, you feel connected still. So connected. Yeah. It just, it was amazing. It was better than like any other carrier that I'd had for an infant. Yeah. I'm definitely going to put the link to the ring sling in the show notes, as well as a link to how to um, get in touch with Amy and to check out her beautiful Instagram page for bluegrass baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, thanks for being on. Yeah. I love you. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up, plan and prepare for the birth you want no matter what that looks like.